you Yeah, yo There whenever it matters and even more when you feel like it doesn't Protect you so you never feel like you wasn't Know I'm right alongside you, here by that I'm behind you But always got you, end the discussion, nothing means more First one to offer his shoulders for what you preach for Thought I saw the eyes of the world until I seen yours And know that I ain't see a better view yet I'm with whatever, so don't ever you fret Know that you covered, not a hurdle or a heartbreak To change what a part take Cause none of them won't ever get comfortable in your walkway My job is to aware you, fully loaded Prepare you for all of the above that I'm never letting get near you. But still, I know, give you every advantage I found. Couldn't find a better fit for them along with my crown. And since the baton was passed, hopping down, cause feeling's not an option and dad is not a noun, not at all. Hey, what's going on, everyone? This is Ishmael from That Is Not A Noun. Happy New Year's. I hope everyone had a wonderful new year. I had a great new year because I'm truly excited by this wonderful guest that I have on today. But first, I'm excited to have this special co-host with me. I call him my I call him Uncle Derek. He is a retired principal and he is the founder of the Real Dads Network. Uncle Derek, how you doing? Oh, I'm great, Ishmael. Thanks for having me. And I'm just happy to be here. So talk to Khalib as well and his, and his mother as well. This is great. Thank you. Awesome. Tell the people a little bit about yourself. Don't be humble. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you know, I'm Derek Phillips. I'm a retired assistant principal for New York City Department of Education. I um, was actually there for 27 years. I taught math, history, and was also a college advisor. And I'm also the founder in um Executive Director of Real Dads Network. Real Dads Network is one of the premier fathered organizations in New York City. And I'm also credited with doing one of the first documentaries that was ever done that focused on positive black fathers called Real Dads, Black Men on Fatherhood that was done in 2000 and had commentary by the late, great Ozzie Davis. Awesome, awesome. And I'm truly excited to have this young man and his mom on the show with me. It's truly a privilege and an honor. Um, you know, you know him from CBS, on all the major outlets out there. I'm truly and privileged and honored to have Caleb Anderson and his mom with me, Mrs. Anderson. How you guys doing? Oh, we're doing great. <laughs> I want to thank you for coming on with us and you know taking your time. I know you're busy. I know everyone's trying to reach out to you and have interviews and just spend a little time with you. So again, it's truly a privilege and an honor to have you on. Um, I'm gonna bring up a picture because this kind of resonates with me a lot. Um, I'm gonna bring it up. Um, I thought this was awesome because it's not about the, the, the destination, it's about the journey. And Mrs. Anderson can kind of talk about what this picture means to you as, 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 as a mother. Wow. Uh, uh, wow. That's what I came up with on the, I guess, I guess on my left side of the picture, he was five years old going into second grade. And um, before that, Caleb was taking classes online with John Hopkins University Center for Gifted. And um, I had just, then I had my other son, Aaron, and um, I just could not keep up with Caleb's learning. And we decided to go ahead and let him go to school. And this was his first day at school, at, you know, brick and mortar, um, going to school. He did go to school when he was younger at Shriner and then 
we pull him and had him go online. And um, then he, that's his father walking him to class. And then on the picture on the right was Kalos was 10 years old. So it's five years later, him walking in the college campus for the first time with his dad. Um, so it, this picture, it, it, it means a lot to our family. Um, you can make plans and goals for your kids, but to see it come into fruition, it's, it's really heartwarming. Definitely. Caleb, what do you, what do you, what do you, what comes to your mind when you see that, those two photos? Um, you know, um, I realize how much I've grown, you know, um, mentally, um, you know, um, it, I, you know, on my eyes, honestly, haven't paid, you know, too much attention to it, but, you know, this really brings, you know, um, my journey, um, you know, into the picture. And um, also, you know, I like how um, my dad, you know, it, it, he's been with me, you know, the entire time, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and it's my, been my mom, you know, who's teaching me. You know, my dad's um, always in the back. You know, he's always supporting the family. And, you know, um, he gives up, you know, his um, work time to, you know, um, drive me to campus and, you know, um, stay with me. So um, I really appreciate him. That's awesome. Awesome. Uh, Uncle Derek, you have a question? Yes, I have a lot of questions. Cliff, <laughs> what is it like? I mean, being 12 years old, being in a college campus and even like doing with assignments, you have like group activities that you have to do and you're working with other college students. What is that like? Um, you know, it is a bit awkward at first. Um, you know, every class, um, I get a few strange looks, but you know, um, I really enjoy it. Um, you know, um, these college students, you know, they, um, they really respect me, you know, they see me for who I am. They don't see me as, you know, a young kid or, you know, an anomaly. They see me at, you know, um, as this really smart person, you know, they enjoy working with me and I enjoy working with them. That's awesome. Awesome. And Miss Anderson, going back to you, going to like him development at So you've had group activities with each other? About the group activity when you guys work in groups. Oh, um when we work in groups. Um group projects. I try to be, you know, um as quiet um, you know, as possible. Um I don't want to see him see seem, you know, immature, but um <laughs> you know, I think that really surprises um, kids. You know, they um, expect me to be, you know, this loud, annoying um, 12 year old, but, you know, um, you know, I really try, you know, um, to conceal, you know, who I really am, which, you know, um, it's, it may seem like, you know, a bad thing when you're saying it, but um, I really think um, your appearance um, does matter. And I think that, you know, that actually, you know, has helped me, you know, enjoy my college experience more. That's awesome. Awesome. And Miss Anderson, you know, in his early days of developing real fast, um, how were you able to keep him focused? Because sometimes what happens is when kids pick up things, they have a lack, they'll, they'll start complacency. So how do you um, eliminate that complacency? Well, when he was younger, right? So the thing about um, babies, at the time I was getting my master's, in um, early childhood um, education. So I was getting my master's in mathematics and reading. I'm a, I'm a teacher. 
And um, so I was thinking that I was going to wean Caleb, you know, put him in daycare, and then I was going to go back and into the workforce and work. Um, so I knew for a fact that when young babies, young infant, when they're first born, they're born with a lot of synapses in their brain because they have to make the connection with the world around them. Like, um, this is father, this is mother, this is hot, this is cold. And what I did was I kind of used that um, and kind of um, tighten those, like kind of like, it's like bridges, right? So if you don't use them, you lose them. So um, I went ahead and got my certification in sign language so, so that I can use that for Caleb to make connection with the world around him. But what I didn't realize is that not only did I, some people, when they teach sign language to babies, they just sign. But I knew that it was important for me to use words and also show him the word. But so what Caleb was doing, because his development was um, his nurturing nature, right? So he had the natural ability. So when he saw the word M-O-R-E, he knew that that was more. And then, um, but he also recognized M-O-R-E as being more. So he, and then he would just mm. connect other words. And then what I, um, so I only work with Caleb 15 minutes a day. So as a teacher, I knew that it was important, one, for in a home to have stability, consistency, and re repetitive, right? So every day around the same time for 15 minutes, I work with Caleb. And then Caleb just, in the beginning, it was really slow. And then next thing you know, by nine month old, he was able to sign 250 words. And by 11 month old, he didn't even need wow. the sign language anymore. And I have videos on YouTube under Caleb Anderson and family because I was trying to record this so other parents can. Because um, I just, the, the concept of, I think when Caleb got tested with a psychologist at the age of three, and then they, they were saying that Caleb was in the top one percentile of IQ, right? And it was rare because to them, they just could not grasp the fact that Caleb was a, black male with that yeah. high of an IQ because they didn't see that. And I, yeah. and I think the reason they didn't see it is because one, let's face it, resources, right? So yes. my husband yeah. was a work, you know, he worked, he supported a family and the, and two, I was an educator and I was able to stay home with Caleb. Not a lot of parents have opportunities and resources that Caleb have. So that's probably one reason they didn't see it a lot with African-American kids. But I don't believe the pigmentation or melanin of your skin have anything to do with your IQ. So, um, um, so that was to them was kind of like rare, but I, like, I knew why it was rare. Um, so I just kind of used that in, in teaching Caleb and building upon that. So the other thing that I did, I was like, okay, I know whole language approach. I was like, but I want him to recognize other words um, that he doesn't know. So I incorporate phonics also mm. in our 50 minute um, um, learning. And then by one, he was reading words um, that he's never saw before. And he was only not only reading in English, but he also was reading words in, in Spanish, which makes wow. sense because Spanish is a Latin based word based on yeah. phonics, right? So, mm -hmm. um, so he was, you know, so by the time he, he went to Schreiner when he was um, 18 months, um, Caleb was already doing multiplication. And he was already um, doing um, reading up to a second grade level. But it's because the synapses in his brain and being able to make this connection quickly. But at the same time, um, and I'm sure your guests would know, as an educator, there's a difference between 
knowing how to do something and understanding it, right? So now I have to yes. go with the concept, okay, yes, he can read these things, but does he grasp and understand and comprehend what he was reading? So it was a constant building up, right? So I always tell my kids that even to, just before this call, I was working with my other two in reading. I said, it's, when you read, it's just one word at a time, one sentence, one paragraph, one page, one chapter. So it's just building up upon that. As an educator, I knew that I had to do that. And then, my, like I said, my husband was incredible in supporting us and removing any barrier, financial barrier, any barrier that we face um, in, for Caleb to receive it, um, to achieve his dreams. So I hope that helps. So. No, definitely, because it is important because you laid the foundation for all your kids when it comes to education. Because when it comes to innovation, it starts from the home in which you and your husband did. And I applaud you for that. that that's amazing. Uncle Derek, what questions do you have? <laughs> uh, one of the questions that I have is um, in regards to um, your other children, where are they in regards to their academic achievement levels? Are they advanced as well? Yeah, they both are advanced. So they both are, are in the gifted program here um, in Georgia. They call it TAG. So they both okay. are in the talented and gifted program here. And, um, and Derek, what we did too, what I did too, is that I'm the kind of person, I didn't want it just for my son. So I did start a program um, when Caleb was younger called Talk to Your Baby, teaching parents on how to do this at home with their kids. And it started because I wanted to prove to, yeah. I don't know, I just wanted, I, it was really important for me to prove to parents that you, your, your children are, you're not limited, right? Your children yeah. are, are really smarter then, you know, it's not just googie gaga. There's more things that you can do with your kids. So it started with like three kids. Then it grew to like 30 wow. kids. And all the 30 wow. kids were all reading on a first to second grade level before the age of three. So I was able to prove this theory about it is more important to nurture nature than yeah. the natural ability. So um, so both of our, 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 and then they have different, um, and then, you know, with giftedness, yeah. Um, you have different things that they're gifted in. Caleb is um, exceptional in the fact that his um, style of learning is auditory. So he's an auditory learner. So he can do really well in a college lecture. He can sit there, literally listen to the professor and grasp everything. My son, Aaron, um, he is more mathematics. Like numbers just come naturally to him. So my job is to learn how to nurture that in him. Whereas my daughter, she's just like this, you know, typical girl, right? She's like this perfect academic, you know, sharpened pencil kind of thing. But I'm, what I'm trying to teach her is that um, the, to accept failure, right? So she's, you know, if she fails, she will cry. But I, I want her to put herself more out there to expand herself because, I mean, studies will show most girls do not pass physics, because of the fact that I don't know what it is, but at 16, they drop out of physics. So I don't, I want her to, to put herself in situation where she can accept failure, where got boys take more chances, you know? Yeah. So I just don't want her to be limited by, because of the fact she doesn't want to accept failure. So it's different things, but I'm teaching them and helping them to achieve their dreams. Well, I have two girls. So I have a, a 25 year old and a 20 year old. <laughs> And my 20 year old um, junior at Hampton University. And that's just so important what you're saying in regards to girls, because sometimes society, we tend to put people in boxes. 
you know, and when it comes to our children, it's like, listen, oh, you can you can achieve anything that anyone else can achieve, you know. But a lot of it just starts with you know what we what we put in our kids early on. So you said very early on, like, listen, these are my children, and I'm going to make sure I am there. I'm an educator. I'm going to make sure I teach them. I've been watching your videos too. <laughs> I've been watching the videos, but that's that's so important. And I think it's important for parents to really understand that we can do so much. We are really our, our kids' first teachers. Yeah. You know, when our and, kids and go to school. Too, right? yeah. Derek, you know that in a classroom, yeah. the children, I always tell people that every child can learn, but not every teacher yeah. can teach, right? Yeah. So in a classroom, yeah. if I walk in the classroom, yeah. and I usually teach in the inner city, and the first thing I do is I have to build trust in my students. Yeah. So if yeah. I don't have that trust and for them to know that they're unconditional love, it's going to be hard for them to learn from me. Yeah. You know? Um, so that's why I tell parents, you're the best teacher because you, that child know that you love them. They're secure. Yeah. So anything yeah. you tell them, they believe you. Right. So just don't be like water boy and be like, mama said, and it'd be like the wrong thing. So <laughs> yeah. And it's like, and what you, <laughs> you know, with parents, it's like, you know, you still maintain, which is, also, I think it's important for parents to understand you still maintain a primary educator of your child. Yes. So when your child goes to school, it's still secondary, but you are still that primary, you know, and what you're doing with your children is that's really what a lot of parents need to understand the important role that we have in shaping the future of our children. So in Caleb, what you're doing, man, it's how, how do you function in regards to friends? Because it's always, you know, how are you with friends? Well, uh, most of my friends, you know, um, they actually tease me every once in a while, you know, about being in college and being smart. They're like a nerd. And how does that make you feel? How does that make you feel? Well, you know, it's, um, it, it's teasing. So, you know, I don't really, it, I don't really care and I insult them back. <laughs> but, um, you know, um, they do recognize that, you know, um, we all have different gifts. Um, and I do have one friend who is um, probably just as smart as I am. He's extremely philosophical. And they get into political and um, scientific arguments all the, all the time. And, um, you know, um, I think I'm one of the few people that, you know, um, that he's one of the few people that, you know, can argue with me and I'm one of the few people that can argue with him. So we have an interesting relationship. Yeah. Most <laughs> of his friends are 12. And I think the attitude is that they just, he just go to a different school. So yeah. not, not all three of them or three of them are, they don't go to the same school. And then he has us has cousins that are 10 and 12 around the same age. So, you know, so my fact, his friend came over and they like Nerf guns, Beyblade, typical 12 year old. <laughs> I'm going to give him another question. What do, what, do you, what do you enjoy? What do you like to do for fun? Um, well, like my mom said, Nerf guns, um, Beyblade. Um, I swim. I fence. Nice. Um, I collect um, Transformers action figures. My awesome. Dad got me into that. <laughs> <laughs> Smart man. <laughs> and anime. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, do. Um, I love Netflix and um, you know things like that. So um, I have a lot in common with you know um, a, a lot of my other friends. That's good. That's good. 
And then also I heard you like comic books. Like um, what's some of your favorite comic books? Um, I'm a Marvel fan. I don't like um, DC's writing. That's just me. <laughs> Um, I like a lot of Marvel comic books. I um I think my favorite comic book like series or line was um Civil War Two. That was mm. That's awesome, awesome, Uncle Uncle Derek. I know you got a lot of questions. Shoot away. <laughs> um, you know, I guess the other question in regards to school: Are you are you virtual? Are you guys are you at school or are you doing virtual online learning? Um, virtual online, however, um, we don't have like lectures or even recorded lectures or no Zoom lectures. Um, my teachers just give me assignments and I um, just do the work and that's it. Yeah, so he was he was in person before, but then the pandemic hit and okay. then he went online. And what he's saying is that the online classes for last semester um, there was no recorded classes, no Zoom classes. It was just him and the syllabus trying to figure out calculus and all wow. these different classes. But this semester, he has to go in person, even though with the pandemic, because he has physics and chemistry and they both have lab. So he's going to have to go in person. Um, but if it was our choice because of the pandemic, he would be online. But he prefer in-person lecture. Wow. And then also, how does it feel to be accepted to Georgia Tech? I know that's that's the big news. So how do you feel about that? It's staying close to home, which is important, too. You know, um, it was amazing. You know, I'm super excited to you know start um, actually this fall. But, you know, I am a bit worried. You know, I've heard that Georgia Tech is actually a pretty hard school. Um, but, you know, I can't wait to start and, you know, I can't wait to prove myself. And you definitely will. And then also talk about the upcoming event you have coming this Thursday. Um, this is going to be like your first speaking arrangement via Zoom. Talk about that a little bit. Um, so there is a, um, a museum group um, in Ohio. Um, it's called COSIG, the Color of Science. So, um, it's, um, you know, there's a lot of stereotypes about, you know, um, scientists, um, you know, being um, male and, you know, there's a lot of white, white um, you know, scientists. So, you know, um, it's basically to, you know, um, put up, you know, um, women, um, women scientists and um, scientists, if you know, of all races. So, you know, um, I really think that's, you know, pretty interesting. I'm super excited. Um, the people there, you know, they're really nice. Um, and you know, it seems like a really fun, th um, you know, interview. And I'm on, and you know, um, I'm glad this is my first one. Yeah, Dr. Um, Frederick um, is going to interview him for an hour. It's about four thousand. It's going to be um, all the schools nationwide is wow. um, have logged on or going to log on and ask questions. Questions? Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, this is new to me. I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> They're going to lie, God, ask questions, but it, he really focused on the color of science. He's uh, um, incredible. He, he has interviewed uh, the first female astronaut um, in, oh. in December, and Caleb yeah. is the second si uh, future scientist he's going to interview. So That's awesome. Just to let people know, that link to join that um, amazing event will be in the description in the, on the YouTube channel. Um, also, before we end this, what advice do you have to your counterparts that's your same age? 
Um, well, I suppose, you know, um, do what you want, um, you know, in terms of, you know, profession and, you know, um, you know, um, if, you know, someone says, you know, don't take the easy route. That's, you know, that's not really what I'm saying. Um, but, you know, do, do what you think, like, you know, um, look, look it up, research, you know, find something that you think really resonates with you. Hmm. You know, it could be something simple, you know, like coding or, you know, it could be rocket science, you know, even in my case, um, it could be, you know, writing, video game designing, anything. Um, but, you know, I really think that, um, you know, um, not do, doing something that you, you know, don't really want to do or doing something that um, you think that, you know, is, is boring, of yeah. just doing it for the money, you know, um, I don't think you should do that because you're not going to excel at it. You're going just going to be an average office worker. But, you know, if you really want to excel, you know, and if, again, if you want to make money as well, um, you know, I do think that you should, you know, um, you know, um, shoot for your dreams because, you know, you're going to try harder there than, you know, anything else. Oh, yeah, don't pick up that. That's I love that. I love that. And and Miss Anderson, I'm going to leave it off to you. What advice do you have to um, to parents that have kids that are extraordinary? What, what advice do you have to give to them? I would tell parents to raise the child you have, not the child you want. You know, um, if um, whatever it is the child that you have, whether it's a child with autism, whether it's a child that's the other side of the spectrum that's extremely gifted, you know, God has entrusted you with that child, you know, raise that child. And I think a lot of time the, the conflict comes when the parent has one desire and the child they have is totally different. I think, you know, embrace the child that you have and trust yourself that in a sense that God has given you everything you needed, you need to raise that child. Um, I'm not a rocket scientist. I'm not an astrophysicist. Um, so, but I, but I am a mom. Um, and I know that, you know, having a child that's extremely gifted, I know it was important for us to make sure that this child becomes a great dad, if that's what he choose, a great husband, but mostly a great friend and someone with great character. So with that, meaning that um, even though Caleb was nine years old, ready to go to college, if I had put him in a typical elementary and middle school, then he would not be working his full potential meaning that I, I would have a child that is lazy, that is um, complacent. And that those are not the character mm -hmm. that, of a man to me that I would want in a husband. So to me, it was important for him to work into his full potential, his full ability for him to learn study skill, for him to respect teachers, educators, and the process. So, um, so I would say raise the child you have, not the child you want. And on that note, I wanna thank you guys for joining us. Uncle Derek, thank you for being a part of it. And thank you guys for allowing me to um, be a part of this conversation. And this has been a great conversation. I wish you guys nothing but the best. And I know, you know, it's you're going to do very well. Definitely. And I want to wish everyone out there a happy new year. And we're out. Peace. Mm -hmm. <laughs>
there whenever it matters And even more when you feel like it doesn't Protect you so you never feel like you wasn't Know I'm right alongside you Here but that I'm behind you But always got you End of discussion Nothing means more First wanna offer his shoulders for what you preach for Thought I saw the eyes of the world Until I seen yours And know that I ain't see a better view yet I'm with whatever So don't ever you fret Know that you covered Not a hurdle or a heartbreak To change what a partake Cause none of them won't ever get comfortable in your walkway My job is to aware you Fully loaded, prepare you For all of the above that I'm never letting get near you But still in all, give you every advantage I found Couldn't find a better fit for them, along with my crown And since the baton was passed, I've been down Cause failing's not an option, and dad is not a noun, not at all My message to any dad, man, first off, know that yeah, it, it is a hard job But it's the greatest job in the world I wouldn't trade it for anything I wouldn't change anything about it Everything you're doing from here on out if it didn't have purpose before, now it has purpose. It's the most important thing you'll ever do. Just be a dad.